This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. A battle at the top of the division tonight at Capital One Arena. Will Alex Ovechkin return this evening to face the Penguins? And Alan May will join us on Zdeno Chara, Anthony Mantha, and more. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, April 29th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. The Pittsburgh Penguins are in town tonight, meeting the Capitals for the first time in more than two months. The Penguins getting healthy at this time. Evgeny Malkin practicing full tilt yesterday. Perhaps he is able to go in this one tonight. But, Ben, a huge two-game set in any event at 7th and F starting tonight. And if the Capitals can win a couple of games in regulation between now and the end of the night on Saturday, a real chance to take a big step forward toward winning a division title. Yeah, could be easier said than done, but just as the Capitals took care of the New York Islanders, they began that three-game series tied with New York atop the division when the dust settled after the three-game set, Capitals having created some separation between themselves and the Isles. Now looking to duplicate that, looking to do the same against the Pittsburgh Penguins, albeit a Penguins team playing very well really over the last couple of months, but even more recently, Yes, they'll be coming to town off the heels of a 3-1 loss to Boston, talking about Pittsburgh, but that was the only blemish on an otherwise 4-1 homestand. Penguins are clicking. You reference they're getting healthier. It's a well-oiled machine, a team that, you know, wasn't necessarily picked preseason-wise to necessarily be where they are, but here we are, stretch run, and the Capitals just a point clear of Pittsburgh uh, with the two teams getting together once again. I don't know if they'll need name tags, John, to your point. It's been more than two months. How does that happen in an eight-team division where you're playing the same teams all the time? I feel like we haven't seen these guys in quite a while. Yeah, I had to do a little bit of extra game prep for this yeah. one. Is like, We've got some new faces since the last time we saw them. Very strange indeed with all the games against the Islanders and the Devils and everybody except... Pittsburgh. So here they are, the next two games. Alan May joining us in a moment, but the big story we'll be following later this morning. Will Alex Ovechkin be able to go tonight against the Penguins? Caps are 5-0-1 without him. He did not practice at the optional yesterday. They have options, but hopefully, Ben, just holding him out as a precautionary reason, really, at this point. We don't know that. We hope that. But as this game happens, I got to imagine if Alex is ready to go and Pittsburgh's on the other side, he's going to want to go tonight. And it'll be interesting to see because, again, yesterday was just an optional skate at the MedStar Capitals Iceplex. And Peter Laviolette confirming Ovechkin hasn't yet joined his team for any formal practice, any formal on-ice sessions, for example. They just saw him briefly the other day when they were taking a team picture and he was out there on the ice. But otherwise, no, it's, it's been a while since Ovechkin joined his teammates. So we'll see again how long he remains out, if he does, beyond tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Because again, as we've noted, this is this is rare territory for Ovechkin, for the team to deal with Ovi being out injury related for so many games consecutively. Not even that it's so many, it would be a third straight game tonight, but now you'd have to go back, John, to 2011, 10 years ago. The last time Ovi missed as many as three straight due to injury, so certainly uncharted territory. That said... Pittsburgh Penguins aren't going to feel sorry for the Capitals. Penguins uh, among the most man games lost this year. Evgeny Malkin, chief among them, is set to miss a 22nd straight game if he's still out tonight. So certainly you won't be getting any uh, any sympathy from Pittsburgh. And with that in mind, uh, Capitals ought to be ready to go. All right, joining us here on Caps this morning, you see him on NBC Sports Washington pregame, postgame, intermissions with Alexa Shaw. He is 
Alan May. Sir, hello, good morning, and thanks for joining us here. Hey, stranger, great to hear your voice. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been way too long. One of your uh, co-hosts from the show stopped by earlier this week. What's it like working with Bruce Boudreaux this time? Well, I wish I could work with him in person because, you know, he's got a little bit of a time delay in what we're doing, but he's he's a great setup guy to go to for anything coaching related. What goes on in the mind of a coach, his personality is all world. He's, you know, made a part devil. He's always, he was kind of like me. He's got like a lot of smart ass in him and it's always there. He always wants to go, you know, push it towards fun. And I have no problem with that. So two wise guys. I love working with them. I wish we were in studio. I tell you the truth. I wish he was on a, an NHL bench somewhere doing what he does best, but I do love working with him. We talked about that the other day too, and uh, hopefully his TV career can hold for a little bit by the time we get to the fall. I was thinking of you Tuesday night in the game that happened against the Islanders, right about the time that Zidane Chara dropped the mitts with Matt Martin. And according to the folks at NBC Sports, their historical department saying he is now the oldest player to ever pick up a fighting major in NHL history. If that doesn't fire up a bench, I don't know what does. And there's no better person to ask about that sequence than you. Well, I'll tell you what, I was going crazy. I was begging for body shots and everything. And what I love about Big Z, it's the same thing that I loved about Brooks Horpik, is no matter what they're getting paid, no matter who's paying them, they're all in for the, for the jersey and sticking up for their teammates. And one thing about Zdeno Chara, since the time he's come in this league, he stuck up and protected his teammates. He, he's played a physical brand of hockey. He still plays the game, game with Snarl. And I absolutely love that about him. I always hated him in Boston, to tell you the truth. And that's because of that right there. Think of it. Tom Wilson's running around terrorizing the National Hockey League, and they go at it. He's not supposed to be fighting. He's past 30 or past 35. He's past 40. Now he's 44. He's, you know, by all accounts of when I played, they used to get pissed off when you fought an old guy. And uh, they weren't fair game. So I, I get a kick out of it when um, – I'm just going to segue – when Ovi fought Svechnikov in that playoff game a couple of years ago, there were people around North America criticizing Ovechkin for fighting a young guy. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? The young guy's not supposed to fight the old guy, especially when he's the best goal scorer in hockey. But I was going crazy. I was so happy. And he was so mean and mad and pissed off when he did it. That's what really made my blood get going and my heart get going. It's like, I absolutely loved it. And, and the only thing I could say bad about it, that fight is it wasn't me at 44 throwing down like that because I still love to fight. <laughs> that I would like to see. Uh, it did seem kind of to your code of honor there. It looked like Matt Martin was like, are you sure? Are we going to do this? And, and Z was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Well, it's not the same Matt Martin we've seen over time. Like he, he finished his hit, and you know I could read his lips, and he said he turned on me. And then you know that maybe it was in another uh, camera shot after that, but – he gave him the chance to get ready to fight. But it, one of the things I said on the show, and they, you go, what do you do in a situation like that? I go, there's nothing you can do against six foot nine and pissed off. There is really <laughs> nothing you can do. And, you know, he had Z, we call it the crazy eyes at the studio. We all get a kick out of it. And the, the pictures that Cap Social Media put out were phenomenal. And uh, I, you know what, Matt Martin, he does his job every single game. I like that about him. That line is one of the best fourth lines in the National Hockey League in the last couple of decades. He plays his game the way he's supposed to. He caught Raffle. Raffle, you know, he, he turned into it. I don't think we see a suspension or a fine out of it. But Big Z, the most important thing 
is he set the tone for everyone on his team. We stick up for teammates. We're there for you. I'm there for you. And to me, that's the most important thing in leadership is making sure that you're there. And he was there all in, all the way, 44 years old. And I absolutely love it. What are your thoughts on the newcomers? Michael Roffel kind of in the middle of that and just getting in the last couple of games here, not being able to get in as soon as he got here from Philadelphia. And Anthony Manta. I mean, I think that, you know, you get a legitimate top six. I mean, Jacob Brown leaves, but a guy who is very versatile in the bottom six. I've liked both of these. What are your thoughts? Well, the big thing with uh, Raffle, I'll, I'll start with him first because it was not going to take as long, was when he was traded here, I was like, that is a great depth move. And I punched into my phone, into my text messages, I, I put Raffle. I spelt it wrong without the E, like correctly, without the E. And his name came up all through it because I don't know how many times watching Philly over the years that he's played very well against us. He, you know, he's, he's a 20-goal scorer, 20-plus at one time. He's got incredible wheels. He doesn't matter. He can play left wing, right wing, center. And I think the way he's fit in when he finally got in the lineup on that third line, they do nothing but generate scoring chances and get to the net and harass and wear out the other team. And they had a shift last night where they had about a minute and a half cycle going and they had multiple shots. You know, the Islanders like to pack the front of that. They, they didn't know what to do against that line. I think he's fit in very well. Great wheels, gets to the puck, knows what to do when he gets there. So he's a very responsible player. He's an excellent citizen to have on your team. And then we go losing our buddy, Jake. And, you know, one of the things with Jake, he, he's kind of a, a one-dimension guy. All speed when he uses it, and he gets most of his goals are a breakaway or an odd man rush. I, lo- I love him. And, you know, it wasn't working for him this year. And I think the style of hockey the Caps played the last couple of years, even though he was offensively productive, that wasn't conducive to playoff success, that system, that brand of hockey. And he was – one of the guys that bore the brunt of it because he had zero stats in the last two years. He had zeros. And you know what? Anthony Mantha had no stats in the last two years in the playoffs either, but he didn't play a playoff game. Jake played 15. So you get to Mantha when you're on a bad team. And I wasn't fortunate enough in all my pro career to only play on one bad team. And I got the hell out of there. I get traded at the trade deadline to a team that was fighting for a playoff spot and ended up in the finals in the American hockey league is that, it's hard to be good every day on a bad team and you try to bring your best, but there's so much negativity. And in Detroit, you know, I I said this on television the other night again, is that, you know, he he walks into the dressing room in Washington and there's two living legends that are still playing hockey. There's Alexander Ovechkin, the grade eight, who is the best goal scorer in hockey since he's been in it. Arguably, you know, he's right up there with Gretz. Hopefully at one time he's like right knocking on the door of that record. And then Zdeno Chara, 44 years old, the captain of the Boston Bruins forever, Stanley Cup champion, a Norris Trophy winner, phenomenal player. But those guys are in the room. He didn't have any of those. Mostly he played a Zetterberg for a bit, but all the other guys are hanging in the rafters. Iserman, you know, Howe, Lindsay, all those guys are in the rafters. And he got to a team where he doesn't have to do everything. And all we heard was, oh, he does this. He doesn't do this. Oh, he's kind of slow. He's not more. Well, I'll tell you what I've seen. Every game here, he can skate. He can shoot. He can handle the puck. He can win his board battles. He plays with some snarl. Last night, he was pissed off a couple times the other night uh, against the Islanders, finishing his hits, takes hits, gets to the net. And I want to see him on that first power play unit while Ovi's out. And I love everything about the way he plays. And one thing he can't teach is size. He's been fully involved in every game. What is he, six foot five, 235, 240 pounds? We never know the truth on these guys, how big they really are. But he can skate. He skates around defensemen. So, When you're in a bad environment, all they do is point out your flaws. 
you can't point out one flaw with Anthony Mantha right now. And he is going to be here and he's going to be an incredible player for the Capitals. And as they switch these lines around, he's been kind of welded and, and, and tied to Backstrom and Oshie right now, but he can play the right wing. And you could slide Oshie back to the third line. You could put Raffle up for add some speed in a different place. There's a lot of different things you can do with a guy like Mantha, but I'd love to see him get in a power play. It's kind of a little bit uh, ticked that he didn't get on that five on three last night because I thought, man, he's got the hands. He's got the patience. He knows what to do with the puck. He's got an incredible offensive hockey sense. And he's just a really, really good hockey player. And the good thing, when you're on a first place team, he went from hell to heaven. He goes from eighth place in his division to first place in the Eastern division, battling for it. You know, one of the top five teams in the National Hockey League. How great is that, that he has to do it? And kind of like the old Detroit Red Wings when Eiserman, Fedorov, and Larianov and all, you'd get a draft pick. When he got plugged in, he didn't have to save the world. And here, he's a complimentary piece to an incredible hockey team, and he's going to fit in very well. Yeah, put another way, he had to be the guy on a bad team in Detroit. He may not even be the guy on a line when you've got TJ Oshie or you've got Nick Backstrom or whatever it may be. Uh, seems to be fitting in really well. Last thought here, Alan, on the subject of goaltending. This team got a terrific effort on Tuesday night from B-Tech Vanacek, his second shutout. You had Elias Samsonov get two wins against the Islanders. The Caps in a terrific defensive effort in front of those guys, too, and that should be noted. But as they come down the stretch here, You've got Elias Samsonov, who you thought was going to be the number one 1A when Henrik Lundqvist was still in the equation. And then you added Vitek Vanacek, who at one point played 13 in a row, leads the NHL among rookies and wins. And Elias Samsonov, although maybe the pedigree of being the number one, still hasn't played in three straight games. So what's this team going to do in the playoffs? Ben and I have been talking about this really for weeks, and there's seven games left now, and I don't know that we're any closer to an answer to that. Well, I'm kind of bored with the question because it's been on our minds since the start of the season. And it's been every show, every radio show, everywhere around North America in the National Hockey League, they're asking that question. There's still way too much time to determine who's getting the start. But the great thing is, and I played on a Capitals team where we had two really good starters. And it was Donnie Beaupre and Mike Leud a long time ago. And it didn't matter. But the bottom line is we had confidence in both our goaltenders. I look at this team, they've got confidence in both of them. I, I think Vanacek is more of the technical guy. And, you know, he doesn't let leaky goals in. He doesn't, there hasn't been many five-hole squeakers or under-the-arms type of goals. You got to beat him. And I look a couple weeks ago, he got stung in Boston. But the team had massive breakdowns all over the place. Not one goal would I pinpoint as his fault. Everything was off the pass. He's had to go side to side. And, but he's been technically great. And it's what, you know, I wanted Henrik Lundqvist to be here so bad. I just thought, can you imagine Ovechkin, Chara, Lundqvist on the same team? Vanacek, we'd never know. Now the great thing for Vanacek is that he knows he's an NHL player. Everyone in the National Hockey League knows he's NHL legit. It's a bad problem for the Caps with the expansion draft, I think. I still don't know all the rules on that. But with Samsonov, you go to the other way. He absolutely stole the game last Thursday on Long Island. He stole the game. And that was the first time all year he stole the game. And he's got better athletic capabilities than Vanacek. He can flip-flop. He can get around. Uh, he's let in some leaky goals this year. But I think he's got the greater upside. But then again, it's so long until the playoffs that we don't know and can't know what's going to happen because both these kids have been brilliant. They're heating up. If they do let in a bad goal, they're not, they're not affected by it. Their team, their team is not affected. And so I think it's a great problem. So no matter who goes in there, we probably won't know until morning one or the day before of the first playoff game who the starter is because 
they've both been that good and they both deserve to continue to get the starts. Hopefully we see you around Capital One Arena sooner rather than later, friend. But thank you for joining us here on Caps this morning. And uh, we'll be watching on NBC yep. Sports Washington. Thank Thanks, you, John. Alan. Thanks for having me anytime. My guy, Alan May on NBC Sports Washington. See, Ben, Alan says we got nothing to worry about as far as the goaltenders are concerned. You find out the morning of game one and you're good to go. You play well in front of both guys. What do you care? Maybe we're just making too much of it. Although I still look back at Ilya Samsonov never playing in three games in a row. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's a heck of a time to do it for their first time doing it in a playoff series. Here's my thought, John, and I've given this some thought over the past few weeks. If it's not a big deal, if you can, in theory, ping pong back and forth between the two, as unorthodox as that sounds, and I don't anticipate that being the case, but they did it in AHL Hershey a couple of years ago, granted much different levels, scenario, et cetera, but same personality, Samsonov, Vanacek, they ping pong back and forth in Hershey. But if it's, if it's not a big deal, why has it not happened in the Stanley Cup playoffs since the early 1970s with the Boston Bruins? We've seen goaltenders switch. Grubauer started 2018. Holpe came on game three of the first round series, and it was his the rest of the way. We've seen goaltenders change, but when both healthy, you don't go back and forth between goaltenders in a postseason as the Capitals have throughout this regular season. So if it's not a big deal, why have we not seen it in almost 50 years? There's something to that. It's just very rare and unorthodox. I don't think we see it come postseason time. I don't know. Is this going to be a first? Uh, Could be, maybe. It could be. I mean, I think that you're going to settle on a guy. I have a hard time, and you and I have discussed this already. You have to. You have to. But if it's Ilya Samsonov, he's never done it before. He's only played in two straight and never in three in a row. I mean, by that token, Vitek Vanacek should be the guy because he played 13 straight at one point, and you run off a bunch of wins, and that's at least territory he's been in before. Uh, but it is an odd scenario as you get down to, well, less than two weeks to go now, and you still don't know. And you know what, John? Without making too much of these two games here against Pittsburgh, and this is looking ahead, I realize. But if you can take care of Pittsburgh here, if you can create a little bit of separation atop the division, I, I doubt it necessarily plays out that way. But if you can, and, and you get to, you know, three, four games remaining in the regular season, this is very much wishful thinking. But maybe you can set yourself up where, you know, in years past, they've clinched the division with a few games remaining on the schedule. And we've always said they've had nothing to play for and they've been meaningless games and, and they let their foot off the gas a little bit down the stretch. Maybe here, if, if you do lock something up, you can give one of the goaltenders an opportunity to, to get a little runway. Again, I don't think it plays out that way. There's way too much backside pressure here, but you could at least give yourself that opportunity starting tonight. And if you start to take care of Pittsburgh here. No games around the Mass Mutual East last night. Tonight, everybody back in the pool. And for the New York Rangers, the high wire act that they're trying to perform, yes, they are among the hottest teams in the division. They're only four points out of a playoff spot. The Battle of New York tonight, the Rangers hosting the suddenly slumping New York Islanders. So potentially some good news for the Rangers, except... The Boston Bruins are at home tonight and taking on the Buffalo Sabres. So you're going to need some help from the little sisters of the poor. Let's be honest here. I mean, the Sabres, although playing better, Ben, you're going to expect or hope that Buffalo is going to win in Boston. If that happens tonight, then it's game on. And it's within two points. And now anything can happen. I don't even care about the games in hand that Boston has anymore. And they still have two. But you need some help from the Buffalo Sabres tonight. That's not a great neighborhood to be in. 
No, but at the same time, if you're the Rangers, maybe the Islanders are the team you ought to be targeting at this point. You do have the matchup coming up tonight, an opportunity to narrow that gap, a team you're even with in terms of the games played or lack of games in hand, and a team that's struggling in the Islanders. Maybe that's the team really the Rangers ought to be keen in on. Either way, whether the you know whether they get in for the Islanders or the Bruins, they just want to get in and Keep saying, good on them to be hanging around in 8-2-1 in their last 11 to have given themselves this opportunity. Yeah, the Islanders definitely in a spot of trouble. The Flyers can be mathematically eliminated as soon as tonight with a loss and a Bruins victory. Philly in New Jersey tonight at 7 o'clock. The standings on his Thursday morning, the Capitals in first place, 68 points and a game in hand that they hold against Pittsburgh, who is back at 67. Hopefully that matters a little more by Saturday. 68 to 67, nearly a dead heat at the top of the division. The Islanders in third with 63. Boston can move into third place tonight to Ben's point. 62 points for the Bruins, 63 for the Islanders, and Boston at home against the Sabres, the Rangers at 58. Caps Penguins coming up tonight at 7. Ben, what's coming up on Caps game day this afternoon at 4 o'clock here on Caps Radio 24-7? Busy show coming up. We'll get a little bit of a national perspective. We'll chat with friend of the program, Matt Larkin from the Hockey News. Also get the Pittsburgh Penguins point of view. Their radio voice, Josh Getzoff. Josh having just spoken to Brian Burke. Some interesting tidbits to come out of that conversation. We'll get the 411 on the Pittsburgh Penguins looking ahead to this two-game series. It's the Caps and the Pens. It's all you need to know. Fans back at Capital One Arena for the next two, of course, with Pittsburgh in town. Should be fun. Ben, have yourself a good Thursday. Happy Thursday. See you at the rink. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.